get me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, I am Mark Hershon, and this is episode 42 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Welcome, happy holidays, and... Happy Succotash Day. That's right. We are recording this edition on the day before December 4th, but it should be dropping on International Succotash Day. That's as declared by Jabs of the D-Head Factor podcast in Australia, and he assures me that this show is going to be celebrated by other podcasts, other podcasters, and listeners around the world on this day. So happy Succotash Day. And let me bring in my special guest host for episode 42, that Chris Gore of the Pod Crash Podcast. Uh, Mark, thanks for having me, and happy Succotash Day to you as well. Thank you. It's a <laughs> pleasure to be here, and you shouldn't have gotten me. Oh, you didn't get me anything. Oh, you did buy me a beer, though. <laughs> yes, your Succotash Day present is a beer <laughs> and some tuna, I think. Did you yes, some, what'd you have, I tuna? did. Tuna tartare. It was delicious. Yeah, tuna. Thank you. Oh, well, there's there. See, on Succotash Day, I really feel like that tuna should be a, t- a tradition. <laughs> That's a Succotash Day tradition is the tuna. Mark your calendars. Remember, tuna tartare, Succotash Day. <laughs> We are at the Marriott Marquis Hotel in downtown San Francisco, where Chris is staying. He's in town for the Stitcher Awards, the 2012 Stitcher Awards. Yes, um, which I think next to Succotash Day (laughs) is uh, one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. if you've, uh, if you've not listened to Pod Crash, uh, what the hell's wrong with you, first of all? But uh, if you have, uh, you know that Chris, uh, Chris's show is made up primarily of clips of him on other people's podcasts, and then he's got his own content as well. That's right. I, 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 every episode, I, I'm a guest on a different show, so you get to hear me every show. Which it's not. I mean, that, is that narcissistic? I'm not sure. I don't know. A little? You, well, you, except I, you know, I would think so, and I did think so when I first heard about the concept of the show. But having listened to you now for quite some time, you really do. I mean, it's a great way to showcase these shows you're on. I, I Well, yeah, I try to... I, I mean, more recently, I'm trying to make it all about the show, you know, and less about me. I keep telling my producer, it's like, just less me. I know what I sound. I know what I'm saying. Let's give people a taste of the show. And, and I'm really happy, you know, that I've been on a variety of shows. Zane Lamprey Live talking about drinking. So there'll be a lot of comedy podcasts I'm on. But I was on a biker podcast called Wheel Nerds, you know. I was on a well, we show. Pl- we played a clip from you. I forget the show you were on now, but it was just a few shows ago. We played a clip from you. You were on a show where you kept calling back the phrase podcast gold. Oh, right. With like I, a little chime. I was on a show called the pre-commentary track where we talked, that's yes. podcast gold. Yep. And, and in, in, in the... In the, you know, in the post-process, they added a little ding. Yes. You know, like the glint you get yes. off your teeth in a TV commercial? <laughs> the sound that your teeth would make with that reflection, that little sparkle. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, Chris has a, a long and varied history, not just in podcasting, but uh, and we were just talking a, a little while ago that I was a huge fan of your, your zine, which became a magazine yes. uh, called, uh, called Film Threat. Yes. Well, it could be called Pod Threat. You it never could know. Be now. But uh, yeah, no. But Film Threat. Yeah, I started when I was when I was in high school. Um, when the whole zine thing. This is paper. 
Yes. Mind kids, you. Kids, go, 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 <laughs> go to that thing underneath the telephone that you don't take in from the front porch anymore. <laughs> that is made of paper. It's called the phone book. You never look in that either. I always say uh, magazines, books... Paper, it's like it's just like the internet, but on really thin slices of wood. <laughs> that's that's what that's what that's what magazines are. So were, so uh, yeah. No, I started Film Threat magazine when I was in high school, and you know went through college, and uh, yeah. No, I, what's odd is is that I I constantly were running into people that it's like I used to read Film Threat, and, I, and I'm really surprised that that you know that the legacy of Film Threat has held up. I mean, yeah, it's been around over 25 years. I, mean, I did it for 25 years. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing well, that, that any publication could last that long. Yes, I, I outlived uh, a lot of magazines that started at the time. It's, I'm, I'm just embarrassed about it a little bit. And, and, um, but my sensibilities have always been sort of rooted in comedy. So I couldn't just do a straight movie magazine. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of humor in it, and I think that you recognize that. Oh, I absolutely. That. Absolutely. Now, were, did, you get other, did you get reaction from other movie magazines? Like I used to read Premiere when that was out there. There's one you, you outlived, Premiere yes, magazine. Um, they hated us. They all hated us. Um, but we were... <laughs> We were really a pariah in Hollywood. I mean, we couldn't get invited to sets. We couldn't. It was, took, it was impossible for us to get invited even to screenings of movies. It really was, um, you know, people who read the magazine that really liked it, and then we would be, we would be invited to the to the sets by filmmakers themselves. A lot of indies. We were really embraced oh, okay. by indies. Um, the studios just hated us, and other movie magazines hated us as well because we we would play a lot of pranks like. Um, we started a fake war with Premiere Magazine, which was the influence actually for Cecil B. Demented, um, John Waters' movie. And John oh, okay. Waters talks about that in his uh, show that was... Really? Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, uh, uh, he did a, a show that was like a performance yeah. piece, and he talks about how, inspired by an article in Film Threat Magazine, he wrote Cecil B. Demented. He's talked about it a bunch of times, and then... Um, I, I don't know. I'm embarrassed to point this stuff out, but well, you shouldn't be. I mean, come on. I mean, to have that kind of an impact on somebody like John Waters or other people in society, I mean, it really does mean something. I don't know what it means, by the way, but it means something. It's, it's, it's sort of like Richard Dreyfuss in the Close Encounters. This means something. This it means, means something important. This means something. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. I, I just. I guess it's just. I always go back to my Midwest roots, where it's like. Uh, I, I can hear other people saying to me, "You're just bragging. You're acting like you're big." <laughs> and then, and then, uh, it's, you know, I feel like an, an idiot. But uh, so, where are you from originally? You said Midwest roots. Where in the Midwest? Uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Okay, um, that's where I grew up, like two miles outside of Detroit. Um, and you know, I, I, I was just sort of a. I could never have like a normal job. I could every time I would have a normal job, I would either be fired or <laughs> I worked. I worked at a total gas station for one day, nice. and then I was fired because I brought books to work. Oh dear! I yeah, brought you... books to work because I thought, well, let's see. I'm going to be working. At, I'm working the late shift right. at a gas station. I'm going to bring books and read, and that was considered bad. Then I worked at a video <laughs> store, um, and I was not good with customers because I was always recommending movies. Uh, John Waters movies in particular to customers <laughs> that I shouldn't be recommending movies to, so they made me work in the back. So you wouldn't interact with people. Exactly. Nice. So I, I, I just I could never hold a normal job. So I've always been someone who's been kind of a self-starter or a DIY guy. Like I wasn't hired to create film thread. I just made it. I didn't. No yeah, one you... hired me to write books. I just wrote books. No one hired me to make movies or TV shows. I just came up with them and then did them. And even the projects I'm doing now, I'm doing a couple animated hmm. shows and. A comedy album I told you about, yeah. like, 
No one hires you to do those things. You just come up with them. You, you're That's the right. same way. Yeah, absolutely. You, you uh, come up with you come up with an idea. You create it. Whether it's a Twitter account, yes. whether it's a screenplay, whether it's something. Movies, I mean, there's a total different mindset. Absolutely. At the same time, then you need work and you need money. That's the other thing. Yeah. So so you gotta balance high, those. So in high school, what what prompted you to come up with this idea for at the time was a zine for for film thread? Well, I think being called fag ten million times <laughs> is a great way to go. I'm gonna channel that pain in. To not being an asshole, <laughs> I'm just going to start a fans. At the time, actually, there were a bunch of skate punk and okay. uh, music zines that yeah. were punk rock. I, lo- I grew up on punk rock. I'm an old punk, and I, 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 that's just where my heart was. But then also, I was passionate about movies, and I thought, well, I want to start something punk rock, but it's movies mm. about movies because there was nothing like that. Yeah, and I think Maximum Rock and Roll every once in a while would talk about movies, but it, they would always be like. Uh, music documentaries oh, okay. in Maximum Rock and Very Roll. Very specific. Exactly. So um, I thought, well, Film Threat, that sounds punk rock. That's the name of it. I created a logo and I had a whole, and then I just, it's like all that stuff. I did it on a typewriter at the time and then a shrunk t- down wait, the text. A, t- type a typewriter, right? exactly. Hmm. Yes, no one knows what those are. <laughs> this is before an image writer printer and no one knows what that is. No. Yeah, so, so <laughs> it was just a zine and... Uh, from that, it just sort of every every issue of that zine kind of grew to well. Then it's this. Now we're printed on newsprint. Now we're printed here. Then I moved out to L.A. and I sold the magazine to Larry Flint. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah. He owned it for like oh, uh, that's six fair. years. That's, that's wild. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yeah, so, wow. And, I, and at the time, uh, it's too long of a story. I don't want to <laughs> bore you. I'm writing a book about all this. If oh, you want to okay. read more about Film Thread, uh, I, I have the thing is, is we were just talking about naming things. Yes. This is part of what you do. That is what, yes, it is. And I'm blown away that that's part of what you do, because naming things, I am a word fetishist. <laughs> I love alliteration. I'm a big fan of portmanteau. I, uh, I love, love to, uh, I don't know, I just, I'm a fetish for words as, as I know that you are. Oh, as well. absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, trying to come up with a name for this podcast. You know, for what I do, I play snippets of other people's podcasts, Suckatash. Suckatash, it's perfect. And it has the word suck in it, which you can't, <laughs> right. you can't miss. Which, I mean, I mean, this episode could suck. I bl- will blame myself. Oh, not I'll at blame all. blame myself. It has a guest host, so it's already better than most of them. Uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 but I, I can't come up with a name for my book. You will. What is the name of the book about film threat? What could the name of that book be? Hmm. I can't think of... This is the thing because name ties into theme. You know, naming oh, things... Like, we could sit here and talk all day about what a name means and yeah. the origin of a name and that stuff. I love stuff like that. Like... Well, sometimes, God, sometimes, where, the, you know, to? sometimes the thing has to come out. I, just like you, I have people bring me their film scripts and their books and say, hey, help me title this thing. And sometimes, just based on the premise, you come up with the title. Sometimes I have to read the whole damn thing and go, you know what? This character uh, on page 74 says this. These two words in that sentence would be a perfect title. And I love this. the names. Of the, like, I love a name that tells you what it is, but also has, like, that sort of second read. Oh, you know, absolutely. like, it's like, oh, it's, oh, that's a double meaning. Or, like, on a movie poster, like, a second oh that's that you can see something else right. if you look at it like to me second reader sort of deep you know subtext is, is really important i can't come up with a name for my book you will about film threat you well it's so if close to you, you, you that's your, that's what you do I'll come think, up with a name for film threat help. but i would really owe you if you came uh, up no you nah don't worry about what it what would be the first name one's free that? just like heroin <laughs> thank you thank you that's um, awesome 
more recently, you've been on G4 uh, as one of the hosts on Attack of the Show. And I will be leaving there very shortly. That's what I understand. So <laughs> yes. first of all, what, tell us what, what, that has, what that experience has been like, and then you can tell us what's happened that you're going to be moving on. Well, I mean, uh, it's, it, first of all, it's been, I've been there for almost eight years. It's been like... It would be, if, if the show lasts until March, it won't. Um, I, it'll be eight years. But I started there when it was called The Screensavers, okay. leftover from Tech TV, and I had had some bad experiences in television. I won't say exactly what, but I did <laughs> a game show for IFC. I did... <laughs> Show us on the doll where the network executive touched yes. you. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I just had some bad experiences on TV, but the really simply was I just wanted to be myself on television. Mm. And I'd never had an experience where I, where I was able to be myself. It was, they'd bring someone in, I'd be doing wardrobe tests. Oh, I felt wow. like a piece of meat, like, oh, they bring you in. They tried to, like, no, this is not me. So when I came into G4, I said, uh... I, I didn't do an audition. I didn't do a mm. test. It was Gavin Purcell, who's now the producer of the Jimmy Fallon show. Oh, okay. Um, he brought me in and said, look, you know, I did something I didn't remember. I'd done a National Enquirer TV segment when he was a producer, and he remembered me and thought I was funny, and he was like, I need a guy to do this movie segment. I said, okay, I could be your guy, but I said I have three demands. Very simple. I get to say whatever I want within reason. You know, I can't swear or whatever. Right. You know, I, obviously, I know what I can say on television, I, I will be respectful, so I'm not. Uh, but I can say whatever I want in terms of right. my opinion. I can uh, wear whatever I want, so I can wear whatever T-shirt I wear. Like I can be myself. I yeah. can wear a, whatever. Like I wore a shirt on Attack of the Show once that said, uh, "I heart your vagina," <laughs> and I argued that vagina is a medical term, and I should be able to wear that shirt. So, and then I also said I get I want to be able to keep the DVDs that I review oh. on the show. And they said, "Well, you can't keep the DVDs because we need them for our library." So they were only able to honor the first two demands. Uh, they weren't really demands. It's just like, I wanted to... Yeah. I've never had the experience of being able to be myself. As a performer, you understand this. Oh, absolutely. When you can reach a place where you can be who you are and find out what that is, the enter entertainer version of who you are, it's a really important thing to find that out. And I hadn't been able mm. to be in a space where I could do that. I was always being overproduced, I felt. Yeah. You got to say this, you got to say this, and at the out you say this, and then at this you talk to this person. And it's like, how about having a natural, real conversation like you and I are having now? That's right, yeah. Although I'm doing most of the talking, I will admit. <laughs> I'm doing most of the talking, which is irritating. Well, that's because I'm interviewing you. Well, uh, yes, but. <laughs> Wait till I do... we get into the co hosting part. That'll yes, be different. I do tend to talk too much. I feel bad. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. Um, so, eight years is a really good run. And it's a good you, run, you went that's why being, I feel good about it. But you went from being a, kind of a neophyte. I mean, you've done other things, but here, here eight, eight years on one thing, you must have become fairly facile in the whole bit of that business you were doing. It was fun. I mean, it was, it was just one of those things where it's like, I think I was only nervous the first time I was on because I'd never worked with the people on Attack yeah. the Show. The Only the very first time. After that, I was like, this is so easy. And uh, it was it was great. I mean, I really I, I really there's not not much I can say bad about the experience other than, you know, I, I wish I got to do more than yeah. five minutes a week doing DVD. Although they did have me do sketches and okay. a lot of other uh, stuff, so um, I, I, it's it's fine. I feel like podcasting, what we're doing now, yeah. is a better space because of the time. You can really get more in depth. Oh, absolutely. You can you can have a conversation where you can really go. Better layers. I think TV is the issue. Is the is as the is the problem, not um, you know whatever 
space, whatever no, it's, time it's, I was given. it's the template that's been stamped out. I mean, that's one of the things yes. I like about podcasting, because my show rarely, my producer, if he's cutting the show, he, it always has to be an hour. But I do right. shows that go an hour and 40 minutes, because right. if there's content, play the content. Exactly. And I love, like, like, you know, I see you have an outline here. I mean, first of all, that's even an amazing thing. A lot of podcasts <laughs> I do on, go on don't even have outlines like, like you have. So look how organized you are. Oh, sure. Uh, that's amazing. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, I feel like there's something to, to me, I mean, you and I both have a passion for podcasts. I mean, I listen to them obsessively. Absolutely. When I drove up here to, to San Francisco, I was listening to them in the car. I had it queued up all the different ones I was going to listen to. I listened to your, I, I specifically <laughs> waited to listen to all the clips. Oh, good. Okay. On the way up here, because I wanted to be fully prepared for, for what we're, we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I love that. I mean, I'm just, I, I just, podcast is my new, it's my new crack. It's my new crack podcast. And we hope it's your new crack, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, kind of switch gears as long as we're talking about podcasting. And, um, oh, you're up here for Stitcher Awards. Let's talk about the Stitcher Awards. They yes. will, of course, be sort of going on, hopefully, while I'm actually dropping this on, on online. So what what are you you expecting this experience is going to be like? I I don't know. I've never, I've never been... I mean, I've gotten awards at film festivals before that were kind of a surprise. I've never been up for an award, and, and I've never cared about them. Uh, I think awards are bullshit. I mean, they're they're basically they're a promotional tool. I yeah. mean, and it's fine. I mean, I did my own award show, the 2012 Podcrash, which awards, sound fantastic, and I'm definitely going to be on hand for the next one. Oh, you've got to watch it on YouTube. If you go to YouTube.com/slash/PodcrashTV, there's our like one-hour show, which I'm just shocked has like uh, as many views as it has. Um, we were we were looking as this is another way to kind of just celebrate and 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 give back to the podcasts that that have graciously allowed me to be on their yeah on their show as a guest. Well, I'll, so, you know what? I'll drop in a little audio clip from uh, the YouTube uh, thing right here. You, yes, right here. The podcast may be dead, but their voices can still be heard somewhere online. So I'm here to actually uh, present awards to to those in attendance. It's the best no longer podcasting podcast, Cricket Lee from A Fangirl's Guide. Great drink from Alcor Mafia. Do whatever you want. And uh, 
It's been, been getting me pretty far for the last 42 years, and so I want to let you guys know that... <laughs> a fangirl's diet, diet will be back by the middle of next year. So. say though too, um, there's a really good chance that my girlfriend who was supposed to come to the awards isn't going to make it. I have a plus one if you want to go. Well, Would you, I, that's tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. I, tomorrow night. I'm I, sure there'll be cocktails. Mark Maron is hosting. I think I can make it. Everyone from the world of podcasts. Let's take it I by storm. I can give you the information. It's the, me plus one. Let's do it. And uh, I got before you arrived. It just doesn't look like she's going to make it. All right. Well, let's talk after. I'd love to. All right. To. We'll definitely talk yeah, after. I love it. Okay, Fantastic. good. Yeah. Great. I'll give you all the details. Uh, all right. So that's the uh, Stitcher Awards. Fantastic. And I'll do a follow. Maybe we can do a Skype call or something next week. And we, we can should do it for the next show. Or, or, and we can talk about or it. Or if you accompany me as the, my guest, you can actually get my live reaction. <laughs> Interesting. Right there. Yes, interesting. I right will. there as Absolutely. it happens. Let's do it. Let's and you can talk it. to other people from the world of podcasts. Let's, I think it might be a I good think, networking I like experience. It. I like it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Podcrash uh, a little bit more by actually playing a clip from uh, a recent episode. Oh, you're going to play that clip? Yes. Ugh, I can, all right, fine. Can you tell us about uh, Zane Lamprey Live? W what's there to know except that um, his podcast uh, is recorded in a bar that he's created? Hmm. And um, he overdrinks. <laughs> I mean, he came from a show. His show, Zane Lamprey Live, evolved from Drinking Made Easy. That was the original name of his show, um, which was, it's an HDNet show. It currently is an HDNet show, which became a podcast. Then he renamed it Zane Lamprey Live. And Zane, La Zane Lamprey's a comedian, raconteur. Wow. And... Uh, uh, professional drinker. Okay, great. Which is why we got along so well. Well, let's uh, give a listen. So um, we talked about everything from like uh, celebrities. We definitely talked about drinking. Uh, it's, uh, and Zane, um, in the show, he takes, he takes calls from listeners. Didn't actually do that during my segment. So it's like a whole show where he'll um, have guests on. He talks to listeners. Um, we do a little game show at the end. And uh, it's, it's also a show. So there's Zane Lamprey Live, which is the podcast. But then Drinking Made Easy is a show on the AXS TV, which is formerly HDNet. And it's, he goes to bars and, and uh, drinking holes, distilleries throughout the world, and, and just sort of um, takes in the local color. And by local color, I mean local alcohol. Okay, so let's listen to this. Zane Lamprey Live. Well, we like to drink. Hold on a second. I, uh, I do as well. Excuse me. Oh, that was a little... Uh, you know what? I had tuna can, fish. Can you not aim that my way, please? Well, what am I going to do? Burp in Chris's face? I don't know. Burp Think about wall. it. I could have burped at the wall, but then you couldn't hear me if I talked around like this. Uh, would you like a beverage? Yes, I would love a beverage. Is there any reason why maybe you shouldn't have a beverage? Because <laughs> after this, I have a therapy appointment. <laughs> so right from here, I'm going to be like, oh, this works out great. You're booking me at a perfect time where after this, I can yeah. go and... Get my therapy session in. So it's like you you could go to therapy sober, you know, and 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 be reserved and not really tell them the weird stuff that you do, or you could drink and unwind and do what some people do when they drink. They end up like calling their ex and be like, "I'm sorry, I love you." You get into that place where you could actually be helped. I I actually think that this I'll have a breakthrough tonight okay. because I will have been drinking, and I maybe this will start a trend. This this will start a trend because. You know, you hear a lot of things about how uh, drinking drinking is bad for you. I don't know who says that. Not what? any of my friends. I've heard this before. Wait a second. Other, other sources. This is news. Not, what do you mean? Some have said this. I like to say drinking uh, alcohol acts as a natural preservative. 
Okay. I think that when it comes to staying young and fit, and it's something I don't, Chris, I don't pay I attention know, to that. Chris, I, I don't pay attention saying. to that. Where are you going right now? Where are you going on your little trip right there? I, I am. I, I have no idea. I'm. I'm driving that train. The problem is the, you're trying. You're trying to talk about alcohol without. Right. Have, you're, you're and banging, I can't. I can't even get it to my mouth. You're banging into things. Get, drink it. Let's cheers. And then you'll be go. way better, Josh. I can't, I can't get my. Well, own. there's bottle openers everywhere. I thought it was a twist off. Hand me the. Oh my god, hand me that's the so good. The, the horn. The horn right in front of you. Oh yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorites too. It's one of my favorites. Beer. Yes, this kind of beer. We have a. Um, this is a PBR leftover from when PBR came in. Right. To, to do, do the show, and they wheeled in a cart of beer. Wait, PBR actually came yeah. in? It's not PBR is not an actual person, right? They were having some trouble financially, and this guy goes, he saw it someplace in like a, a like a business paper that 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 PBR Paps Blue Ribbon was for sale. So he called up his money friends, and they bought. Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh, I heard about that. And, and that's you could invest in it or something? Like, what was it? Were, oh, were they, they doing yeah, that? Yeah, they did something like, like that. You could buy a piece of it, like the Packers. Yeah, I, I, they, there was something like that. But this this was the guy who facilitated it. He, he's, was, he's now like the um, CEO or CFO, and, and he came in and he brought all kinds of swag. They're very much about swag, and they've become somehow like the hipster. They're the hipster beer. I, yeah, yeah, weird I, how that happened. But it's weird. I, I feel like I've been drinking this before it was cool, you know. And I've I've been that, ridiculed. That just, that just means that you were cooler before you accepted. See, this was see what's happening right no, here. No, not skip no. therapy. I'm, right. I'm giving it to you right now. The PBR is one of my favorites, actually, and I like. I happen to like light beer. I know it sounds weird, but like it's one of those things where it's like a light beer is sort of an all day beer. You're like, yes. Well, I have to paint the garage. It's 10 a.m. Session beer. What can I drink all day and I won't be. That's like, like that. that's like that's what we call lawnmower beer. Lawnmower beer, yeah. yes. And there's nothing better than doing yard work and just having a little buzz, and you're sweating it all out. I now, love that. Now you're saying that you like PBR because they pay you? No, not then at why, all. Then why are you saying I, that? Because I just like it. That's it's just weird to say that you like something without being paid by them. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I know. St. Arnold's is probably my favorite beer in all the world. Why are you saying that? <laughs> Send me some beer, Lenny. <laughs> That's a good point. All the beer we have. Now, you were admiring our bar. Oh, my God. This bar is so awesome. This is like the awesome den, and there's got to be some porn stashed somewhere. There are computers everywhere. There are porn access terminals located throughout the office. Oh, my God. That's a better way to describe a computer yeah. as a porn access terminal. It is, a, it is a porn machine that also does other stuff. You can write with it. You could also, if you chose to send someone a message about porn, you could write about porn you, on it. You absolutely could. Yeah. You but, could but type things, so, print them out. So, but you can watch videos. It, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, if I had uh, my ideal bar setup, because I, I feel like Zane, Zane, he's already, he's also got like, not only the bar is got all every kind of alcohol you can imagine on his little setup, but it's got neon. You have to have neon something. A neon sign of some sort must be in your, it's got to be in, in your bar setup. I would like to have one of those traveling bar setups. I was looking, I was looking on uh, one of those uh, DIY modification sites and they, they had a piece of old luggage and they showed you how to take a, uh, like an old, just a piece of old luggage and put in shelves and, 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 and you just sort of fortify the inside of it. And it's like a portable bar. So it's like you roll it along, you open this old piece of luggage. It's got shelves in it that are made to stock. It, it, what they do is they stock the bottles because the shelves are so tight 
that bottles fit exactly in the shelf. There's no way for them to move at all. And I would think that would be like an ideal setup. I would keep that in my car. You could tailgate with it. You could take it to friends' houses. You'd always have your preference of alcohol. It it wouldn't be like they don't have the kind of whiskey that you drink. Um, You'd keep certain things in there for yourself. You've got cocktail napkins. You've got... I, you know what? I am going to make one of those. I mean, I'm going to make one or I'm going to buy one from someone who made one of those. Uh, anyways, all right, let's get back to Zane Lamprey Live. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so you can hear that, of course. You can hear Zane Lamprey's own show, or you can hear more of Chris Gore on that show by going to your website is... Is podcrash.net. Just Pod- go to podcrash.net and you'll see listings for all of our shows and... Yeah, that, that would be... Or, you know, we're at Facebook, you know, all that stuff. If you Google it, the Twitter, all that, just Podcrash, you Google Podcrash. Now, if with you, that, Chris Gore, you'll find... If whatever, your ship comes in, I want you to know I, I did a little bit of research. You did research on me? And not on you, particularly, oh, because I like to discover my guests <laughs> good, on the show. Good. But Podcrash.com is currently for sale for just $1,000. Well, that price is going to have to come down. Uh, they may be willing to bargain, but I'm you saying so? I'm saying it's available. It's for sale? Yes, for ten for, re- for real for ten ninety five. The fact that you're mentioning thing. this right now, some listeners already going to buy. If a listener buys this, I will pay a dollar over what you pay. There to you make go. See, so. I will, and I will do. So, someone out there has to pick. Yes, help me out. Get podcrash.com. Yeah, exactly. Then I don't have to have this podcrash.net. Who has it? Next thing it'll be podcrash.edu. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, no one wants that. And then, you know, coming up, if you can pony up one hundred eighty thousand dollars, you can get dot podcrash as your top level domain. (laughs) Yeah, that would be it. Oh no, that would be fantastic. All right, I'm going to uh, give a little plug right now for uh, if you are going to be doing any uh, cyber Christmas shopping, we have a link to Amazon on the SuccotashShow.com website. If you scroll down to the lower right hand corner of our page, you'll see my Hallmark movies on DVD and my I Hate People book in a little carousel for Amazon. Wow. You, you don't have to buy any of that crap, but if you click on that carousel, that'll take you to Amazon, and we get a big bag of pennies if you buy your Christmas gifts Multiple through Amazon. Pennies. So, so far we haven't seen a dime, but <laughs> uh, it's we, we make no more than we make from our donate button. Does anybody's donate button actually bring I in know. money? I, I, I don't have a donate button, and I don't do the Amazon thing. I just feel like it's it'll be a lot of effort for probably fifty bucks. I think so. And I think I, I probably my, my my listeners have been generous. Um, a guy named Jeff Shaw sent me Batman action figures nice. and a U.S. pin that I wear proudly on my Star Wars military jacket. I saw that jacket at the Pod Festival down I'm, in L.A. I'm, I have it with me now. Fantastic. It's and it's so I feel like I've gotten more just from generous and kind listeners mm. than I have from. From asking for stuff like that, I, and I already already feel that I have too many plugs on my show. If you can figure out a way that you can make money with a podcast, please let me know. Let us all know. Yes, <laughs> for, God, re- for at, the love of God. At reply to me on Twitter at that Chris Gore. <laughs> tell me how do you make money with a podcast? It would really help me to oh, learn this information. It would be fantastic. All right, we're going to uh, pause for just a moment for our uh, uh, official phony sponsor, Henderson's Pants, with their new jingle drawers. 
Hello, friends, and happy holidays from Henderson's Pants. Just in time for this special time of year, Henderson's is pleased to introduce our Jingle Drawers. These special edition holiday pants are secular in nature, which means you can wear them whether you're gathered around the menorah for Hanukkah, the tree for Christmas, or the Kenorah for Kwanzaa. Available in bright, vibrant holiday colors like red, green, blue, and yellow, jingle drawers are not just festive looking, but they're durable too, as they are made from 100% reindeer hide, which means you'll be trotting out into the living room and pissing off your relatives in Henderson's jingle pants for yuletides to come. Jingle drawers also come festooned with eight large pockets, in addition to the expected four that come standard on most trousers. So as you visit the homes and holiday parties of family and friends, feel free to fill those pockets up, not just with gifts that they give you, but helpings of food from the table to snack on later when you're alone, sobbing by yourself in the darkness. Don't worry about getting too depressed, though, because it's hard to be glum when you're wearing your Henderson's jingle drawers. How could it not be? They're covered in handcrafted jingle bells, which peel with that joyous holiday sound with every step you take. Not only that, when you do receive those holiday party invitations, whether it's in someone's home or your office Christmas party, you can finally say with confidence, I'll be there with bells on. Originally designed for elves at the North Pole, street corner Santas, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come, Henderson's Jingle Drawers are available wherever Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the day after Christmas sales happen. That's Henderson's, makers of fine kilts and lederhosen since 1897. And now, let's get back to Suckatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. That's uh, <laughs> Henderson's Pants. Just in time for the holidays, Jingle Drawers. Well, what I love about the Henderson 11 Pocket Pants yes. is you really do feel, in a way, like you're in a crowded... You're in a crowded space. You're like, you know when you've been grazed many times at a bar? Bar is very crowded. You can't walk anywhere without being grazed. Yes. I feel like I'm being grazed wearing those pants with things in those pockets. I think so. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's especially like, if you wear a, a, those 11 pocket pants filled with golf pencils. Yes, with which the was, jingle bells. And the, and the jingle bells, exactly. All of that, just bells and golf pencils inside those pants is a pleasurable experience that cannot really be described through audio. <laughs> well, we will uh, continue to find out more about uh, that, Chris Gore, as our show continues. But we're going to get into our clippage part of the oh, show. Oh, the clip part of the show. This is the best part. And uh, we're going to fun. We're going to start. I asked, uh, I asked Chris to uh, pick some clips. I have some clips. We shared them before this show started, so we know what uh, what we're listening to here. Yes, and, you showed me mine. I showed, I, exactly. I showed you mine. You showed You're, me yours. That's right. So to speak. It's and like we're, we're in preschool. And we're going to show everybody one of yours right now. <laughs> uh, and we're going to start with the Joe Rogan experience. Oh. Um, he's a, a popular comedian. He's a commentator for UFC. And uh, he was host for a very long time for um, Fear, Fear Factor, Factor right. on NBC. And I think he didn't they try to revive that this season? I think they yeah, did. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, I, I like Joe Rogan for a very specific reason. But we should talk about it after the clip. Okay. Here's, here's a clip from the Joe Rogan experience. 
Have you gone? Did you go to the Congo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, that's where I draw the line. I've been to Goma, and it's... Uh, Right now, it's 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 going fucking crazy. The only way I would go to the Congo is if someone absolutely showed me. For we're going sure to find the apes. I could see one of those apes. Yeah, those giant. We're we're still working on. It. <laughs> it's we're a real animal, bro. It's the a thing, real animal. That, is, that's is, something you don't have. That's not like a Sasquatch issue. Did I ever tell you about the David Cho and the dinosaurs? Yes, I watched that episode. Right. He went. They believe there's a Brontosaurus in the yeah, Congo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, there's alligators. Yeah. Okay. We ha- we need to wrap our heads around the idea that alligators fucking survived. Sure. The, the I thing want that killed the Yucatan. You know, I'm reading this Chris Ryan book, um, uh, Sex at Dawn. Fascinating, fascinating book. And uh, he talks about the name Yucatan, mm. and that what what the name came from is the one of the uh, American or one of the uh, Christopher Columbus's uh, settlers. You don't have to worry about where you blow that. I grew up in comedy clubs and pool halls. Let that shit go. Don't worry about it. He uh, he asked them, "What is the name of your land?" And the the guy said something like "Mujetzatun," you know, in uh, you know whatever the Mayan tongue right. is. And so they said Yucatan. Okay, Yucatan. That was like as close to. It right. turns out when scholars reviewed what the actual original word was, because I guess they wrote it down somewhere. It, it means in Mayan, "I don't understand you." <laughs> So when people go down to Cancun and they go get their freak on for right. spring break, they're, they're in the I Don't Understand You Peninsula. Well, Christopher it, Ryan, bad motherfucker, like, great It's book. like when they went to India, they said, what, where are we? And they're like, Mumbai. And you're like, Bombay, perfect. Exactly, perfect. <laughs> Love it. Well, where are you? Beijing. Peking. Love it. Well, like Greece. They don't call themselves Greece, right? Don't they Hellas. have another name? Yeah, Halas. There's a couple different countries like that. Japan is yeah. Nippon. Yeah. yeah they have, oh, that's another place where we just shot Greece. Holy fuck. Yeah, Greece is completely insolvent. Is that the case? Well, <clears throat> it is. And, and you know, so we just shot the riots in Greece, France, uh, Spain, uh, Italy, and actually the rise of the neo-Nazis in Germany. But oh, the, Jesus. But they're the, back? They're back. Don't they're, call it a comeback. <laughs> they're, How they're, could you get fucking Nazis again in Germany? Really, Germans? Yeah. Really, folks? Come on. You got the internet. You got 4G, you motherfuckers. Actually, what's... what faster internet than us. Do they, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Than us, yeah. No, no, this, yeah. Are I, we online at all? Uh, well, I, I found out that you probably have DSL, mm-hmm. and which is like the worst internet in the world. Right. And uh, so I put it down to like mobile bandwidth style. So right. like it's such a low... Uh, Right, family, so but is it working? Barely. Okay. You're a technological genius. Well, he's a bad motherfucker, and without him, I'd be lost. And he has, great, he has great. Times. He has great. He has great T-shirts, and I want one. And he has yeah. a gr- great taste in women. So he's <laughs> he's a bad motherfucker, that Brian Redman. Um, yeah. So uh, do you? You mean look, man? I love you, but love every time you. we get together, we start talking doom and gloom, and I fucking shit my pants. Yeah. And I want to believe. That there's a way out of this. I want to believe that they, that there is. I know that there I've is. changed and, and, and as a human. There being. is, and I've got to say this. I've got to say this because um, it's up to guys like you, guys like me, and guys like everyone listening to this podcast to say we have the power. Dude, that's a lot of responsibility. We have. I want to the get power. high and watch The Hobbit. <laughs> All right, that's uh, the Joe Rogan experience. You can find more at DeathSquad.tv. He's also on iTunes and, of course, also on Stitcher Smart Radio, which hosts not just Succotash, but... Podcrash and the Stitcher Awards. Exactly. Which so, you're, you're uh, going to as my guest. I am. I am. So yeah. tell us more about the Joe Rogan well, experience I, and why I, you, you well, find him appealing. 
I'm a weirdo. I'm just going to say <laughs> off the top that if you listen to my show, you learn very quickly that I'm a weirdo. I like things for different reasons than other people like things. For example, football, which Monday Night Football is playing in the background yes. at this bar at the Marriott Marquis in San Francisco where we're hanging out. I love football, but not for the same reasons that hmm. most people do. Most people love football for the athleticism, for the competition. I like it because it's the most gay sport <laughs> that you could possibly witness. It's men in leotards and tights basically being described in language that if you ter- if you didn't know that, that the announcers were talking about football, you'd think they were announcing a gay porn. Uh, he got full penetration right up the middle. There's about ten guys in that pile. It's all about ball control. If, if you would think that the announcers were talking about gay porn. So I'm sitting here loving football, watching For it. For all the wrong reasons. Ironically, exactly. I'm watching it ironically going, I freaking love it. I love it that people give a shit about men playing with their balls. Now. Joe Rogan, a lot of people take what that guy uh, says very seriously. I love Joe Rogan because it's like listening to the unfiltered, incredibly high mind speak. It's, <laughs> he, is, he is high on pot, uh, off his gourd, just speaking his mind. He's very paranoid. He, he, he believes in a lot of para, you know, conspiracy theories sure. about things. And so I find it entertaining as hell. I don't take what he says seriously. I love that he's able to say this stuff right. in a completely deadpan, serious way. So I'm listening to Joe going, holy crap. And I love that he's he also, like, he, he, he'll just tell you all of these theories, right? You know, we have these guests on, and, and I, I, just, I, I love that about him. I love listening because it's like listening to your high friend explain, like, the theory, like, you know, that, remember that scene in National Lampoon's Animal House? Oh, yeah. Where they're talking about how there could be a universe in your finger. It's like <laughs> it's like hanging out with that guy. Oh, that's funny. And going, like, I can't get, no matter how much pot I have, I can't get that hot. <laughs> so I love listening to Joe because it's like, he is like, he's like high enough to have those those thoughts, but sober enough as someone who's high to be able to explain it to you. And I love that about Joe. Yeah. So maybe I listen to Joe slightly ironically, but I do love as his long opinions. as you find it entertaining. That's the important thing. Now I, it's I'm entertaining glad you, as hell. I'm love glad you Joe found Rogan. that clip because I've been love trying Joe. to get a clip from Joe's show for a while, and I just I his show's like two or two and a half hours long, and I just have trouble because it's one. You of can't these find sh- a short clip because it's problem. really his that's, the amount of detail yes. he goes into. That's the I was talking to this guy, and okay. Civilization yes. was way before. And then he, it was he goes like off on thirty thousand years before tangent. Christ. And he goes, and, I, and I'm sitting here going, like, this is fucking off. It is like it is like great conspiracy theory, yes. science fiction mixed with I'm high. I kind of believe but this unless, stuff. Unless but, you no, wanna... but the thing is, what I love is it's like no solutions or no. It's sort of like that's <laughs> no great. conclusions. It's like no conclusions. It's yeah. sort of like man, our government's effed up. Just go back and get high. It's just like just like any person who who does recreational drugs a little too much. It's like we'll complain about the state of things, but never actually do anything because they'll depend on other people to do it. You know, other people like my listeners. Well, you know, and and I can't. I I would not want to burden anyone listening to my show with that kind of responsibility. I won't ask you to do anything. Now you were ever. talking talking about football. I am not a sports fan. No, at no all. but you should. But see, the thing is, I, if you can look at it ironically, like we're looking at this I'll a football tell you game I, in the background but, right now. What I can't get past, and maybe you can explain why they do this. It's so gay. The, no, the robots. So... What is with the fucking robots? Oh, oh that's on Fox Sports. They yeah, do this thing with these is... robots. I don't know. Kids I don't... like Transformers. But why? I feel like they did. Is... They, 
But they do these things to bring in, they do this with the Olympics also, is they try to bring in other audiences, right? Uh, okay. So the way they make Olympics relevant to people who don't care about sports is, especially, and this, this is what they say, and I'm not saying this to be a sexist. Yeah. I'm saying this is what their research is like. To get women interested in watching sports, they play up the drama, which is right. this person used to be the coach of this team, but now they're playing Makes each sense. other, and they really don't like each other. <laughs> and so, like... Yeah, it's so like they, reality they television. Forever. It's like reality TV. Yeah. They do that, especially in the Olympics. They get the families involved, and they get, like, what the stakes are, and it's like, well, I and really then, care about this person right. now. Then they have 16-year-old gymnasts for the guys. Exactly. Then they're invested, right? <laughs> Plus the fact that those gymnast outfits are very tight, yeah. just like football the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> on football players, they're freaking tights, dude. They're wearing ballet tights. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's it's ridiculous. So I like a lot of things that are popular, but not for the normal reasons that others would like those things. I am a freak. I am a. There's a reason that from the time I was in elementary school that I was called weird Chris or that Chris Gore. I would hear, oh, that that, that Chris. Chris Gore, which is my Twitter handle, is actually yeah. something I've heard since junior high. Because I was always considered a weirdo or that Chris <laughs> I'm not joking. So, spe spe yeah. Speaking of weirdos, which is not a very good segue into, the, into this clip that I've pulled out, uh, but I, I ran into a guy who's a producer of this show, and they've only had two episodes. I think they might have just dropped their third. It's called Lost Moon Radio, and it's a <sighs> comedy ensemble out of Los Angeles. Uh, and it's a group of writers and actors, and there's too many of them to, to mention. Usually I mention who's in the things, but there's so many of them, I'm not sure who's in this piece. This piece is clipped just from the very front of the show, so I got really lucky, because it's a great self-contained piece. So here's, uh, we'll talk about it afterwards, here's Lost Moon Radio. Oh, and welcome back. I'm Isaac Rabe. I'm here with Dr. Ellen Eisner, and our first caller is Terry, calling from Indio. Terry. Hi, doctor. Hi, Isaac. Hi, Terry. How can we help you? Um, well, on Saturday, uh, my boyfriend and I were having sex near this pond, and when he ejaculated, he came all over the ground, and then, like, I don't know why, but I just sort of, like, sat in it, and then, like, rubbed it on my back, and I just want to know if that's normal. How long have you known this guy, Terry? Not long, like a few days. And what species are you, Terry? I'm a frog. Okay, uh, actually, Terry, that's very common among certain genii of frogs. Some female frogs do carry the eggs on their back. Okay, that's a relief. Uh, the real question here is whether or not he's going to come back when they hatch. He's a bum to walk out on you like that, Terry. You may well come back, Terry, but I need you to know that most male frogs don't. Traditionally, you would now go to the river and bury the eggs in the mossy shore. Okay. Well, maybe I'll go to the river then. I was kind of thinking of doing that anyway. All right. Thanks, Terry. Now I got Lisa from Santa Rosa on the line. Lisa. Hi, doctor. Hi, Isaac. How can we help you, Lisa? Well, last night I was walking around my neighborhood, and, well, someone came up behind me, and before I knew it, he was humping me, and I don't know what to do. Have you told anyone, Lisa? Not yet. And what species are you, Lisa? I'm a bear. Okay. Lisa, I gotta tell you, because it seems like maybe your friends and family haven't talked to you candidly about sex. That's the way it is for bears. Really? Yeah, it's not usually up to the female bear. It's just, you know, something she endures for the sake of procreation. Oh, well, I am happy about that, I guess. Yeah, Lisa, just try to enjoy it when it happens. Okay, thanks, doctor. Bye, Lisa. All right, our next caller is Jerry from Pasadena. Jerry. Hi, guys. What can we do for you, Jerry? Well, whenever I'm having an orgasm, my eyes get really red, and they bulge out pretty far. 
and I sweat this substance like this mucus that covers my body. And when I ejaculate, my ears start ringing, and there's this smell like gasoline. I just want to know if that's normal. Jerry, are you a snake? What? No, I, I'm a guy. I'm a human. Okay, you need to see a doctor immediately. Really? Uh, absolutely. Yesterday, Jerry. All right, we got time for one more call before the break. Jeanette. Yeah, I'm a praying mantis, and whenever I have sex... Hey, you bite his head off. It's normal. Really? Like, I kill him. Totally normal, Jeanette. We get at least one praying mantis call a night. All right, we're going to take a little break here, and then we'll be back with some more mating calls. There you go. So that's Lost Moon Radio. I think... They're great. I love that ensemble comedy feel. It sounds fantastic. They're at lostmoonradio.com. They're also on iTunes. And Mark, just as someone who loves uh, improv comedy, you must have an appreciation for what they did. I mean, they created all of that with audio. And hearing the... I mean, I perform at Iowa West in a a couple of uh, comedy shows. Uh, comic book live, glory stories. These guys really... I mean, it's they're doing great sketch slash... I wonder how much of that is improv, but I gotta say, it's, that seems more sketch to me, but yeah. g- great laughs, and now I wanna see their show. I gotta, I gotta look them up and find out where they perform. Yeah, what I love was I lo- started listening to that and go, man, this is kinda seamy sounding, because the, the, the girl talking about you know, making love by the pond and all that, and then you start, then you, as soon as you hear the first thing, you go, okay, uh, this, is, this is gonna be funny. Yeah, mating calls. Yes. Uh, that would be a great show. It would be, it would yeah. be, it's fantastic. So that's uh, Lost Moon Radio. Uh, next up, we're gonna do a, a, a clip that you found. Uh, this is Pointless. Uh, with Kevin Pereira, or is it Kevin Pereira uh, on uh, Kevin Pereira's Pointless? Oh. I don't, I don't know. I, Pointless, I know, is the name of the show, and Kevin is, of course, a colleague of mine that I worked with for nearly eight years oh, wow. on, okay. on Attack of the Show. He was the host of Attack of the Show. To me, the Attack of the Show was Kevin Pereira and friends. Okay, until Olivia came in for a couple of years, then oh, okay. she kind of, and, and that's what's so great about working with Kevin Pereira. Um, on attack is he's a very selfless oh, performer. Nice. He's the kind of guy that's like, oh, we'll just make it about you. And also, he's one of those guys that like, what's weird is I would always get a lot of questions about Kevin whenever I'm out and about and, and people recognize me from Attack of the Show. They ask about Kevin Pereira. He is the nicest guy. His off-camera demeanor, he is the best person I've ever worked with in television, really? period, fantastic. was Kevin. Just um, And also one of those guys that unfortunately I feel that never he... Like me, feeling a frustration that I, I never got to be myself on camera, and G4 allowed me to do that, and Kevin, I think, never got to be his full self on oh, camera. okay. And I feel that what he's able to do on Pointless is actually be himself on a podcast, because he's got hours to speak on topics, and this guy is so much smarter than Attack of the Show would allow him to ever be. Well, let's give a listen. I you know well, I want to get to Shark Tank real quick because oh yeah yeah because this product. is we were talking about product placement yeah. and and how it's done wrong and I love 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 shots of cell phones in anything it's just the world's greatest cell like, phones sodas pretty much I mean anything let's let's get to this clip this is the the clip that we were that Freddie had never been treated never to the before, deliciousness yeah. that is Shark Tank all right let's look at the opening oh we're gonna start with the opening yeah you all right let's do the opening. For those who don't know, Shark Tank is a show. Well, okay, well, positive. Wow, it's already so good. It's already so good. <laughs> no. Oh my god! 
<laughs> you got to go back. All right. So Shark Tank is a show uh, with a panel of investors. These are millionaires. Uh, some of them are billionaires. They sit in chairs, and people, everyday folks, walk in and pitch their ideas for a new energy drink or for a crazy new sports car or for a website that helps you sell real estate. And then the sharks eviscerate them. They yeah, demolish oh yeah. them. What's your sales? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm going to give you 250 grand for 40% stake. Fuck you. I'm going to come over there and give you an angry dragon and I'm taking your whole company. Like that's – it's just a bunch of people bickering in a room. Oh, so I love good. it. It's one of my favorite shows on television. But the intro, I wanted to dissect it with someone like Freddie who understands. Yeah, no, B-roll, he understands. Stock footage. <laughs> to me, it's like they have to introduce these millionaires and make you, the home audience, know, like, oh, these are powerful. And rich. Rich, respectable people. They smell like fucking money. And leather and yeah. scotch. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Cuban cigars. Let's play it. It's so good. Welcome to the Shark Tank. So welcome to the Shark Tank. Here we go. Oh, Opening shot. Pause it for a second. Opening shot. Pause. They're trying to they're like, All right, you know what this You know what we need? We need... We need Armageddon, the, yes! the astronauts dun, walking dun, down. Dun, 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 <laughs> it's the slow motion, like guys like walking towards camera. Walking down a runway. They're saving They're America. not pilots, but they can own an airport. They probably have a fleet <laughs> of jets. They're millionaires. So it's a shot of them walking like badasses. You need a comp and explosion behind them, Freddie. Please. And it's like, and it's like Tony Please. Scott style, dun, like dun, cutting. Dun, dun. And, Look, oh, there you yeah. go. American flag draped in the hangar. Mark Cuban standing behind the, the Lamborghini. Or is that a Ferrari? That's a Mercedes, I'm clearly not a millionaire. Looks like a Mercedes. Like a I know. Oh, that's on the, on the right it is. Yeah, on the left. That's a, that's it's a, a Ford, Ferrari. It's a Ford Focus, I think. <laughs> it's a Fiesta, yeah. guys. And is, that, is that really quick? Is that the space shuttle behind them? <laughs> it might be. the tail of the space shuttle? That might be the, well, they endeavor to make billions. Oh, uh, all right, so we've I love, got, by the way, I love that the guy on the left, in the, uh, the guy on the left is like, you know what? No tie. Don't need the tie. That's Mark Cuban. And you're going to see Mark Cuban. Also, oh, by the way, right. Mark Cuban, one of my favorite people on this planet, like outspoken, honest, like genuine investor, entrepreneur, like does it right. But they try to make him seem like the everyman. And he is more so than everybody else. But you called it out right away. Like, no tie. tie. You know what? Fuck that shit. I don't need a tie. All right? I got the casual. I I don't need the business. I got my bell helicopter behind me. I don't need a tie. (laughs) He's ready to go. All right. So let's go ahead. There you go. Getting out of cars. Oh, the suspenders. Getting out of cars. Oh, Oh, the head turn. That was it. Oh, the head turn. I I watch, I watch, this is the one thing on my DVR that I will never skip. I will never skip the Shark Tank intro. Pause it, because it's right there. Oh, Oh, man. It's just a little little dainty hair flip. An investor gets out of the car and does a whip snap of a head turn towards the camera that you cannot do. Unless you make seven oh, yeah. figures. Oh, yeah. And You're not allowed. Just, what was he looking at before the head snap? <laughs> it was as if the camera crew startled him. He's like, oh, there you are. He was a gazelle in the brush. <laughs> what? Yes, I have millions. It's an amazing head turn. Oh, I man. love this interesting. Quick, quick adjustment of the watch. Here now, I am. now let's cut to businessmen on plane. This looks, I mean, this is what I'm saying. This looks like stock footage of like rich people making, <laughs> like, like, it's like they look, they got all these people to be in stock footage. I feel like I'm, whatever, whatever 12 DVD real estate series they're going to sell at the end of whatever oh, this video man. is, I'm buying because I want to get rich quick. I think there's a timeshare involved somewhere. Kevin's in a, he's in an airplane there, Mr. Wonderful, as he's known on the show. Here he is in his empty boardroom, hands on the table. <laughs> that's that's the, the ultimate position of like power pose, right? It's standing with your fingers splayed out on the table. Right. Like, what are you doing? Are you playing piano or something? <laughs> are you getting out? Like, what is this supposed to mean? He's like, I will position you in front of me and take you from behind. That's all that is, is saying right there. That's a power bottom or power top position. Right power top um, top. So here we go. Yeah, shaking hands, hands in the boardroom. Oh, hold Gotta on, hold on. Hands. Guy here on the left is going for the, the arm. handshake arm grab. <laughs> yep. 
that really, is how business is done. Extra respect for this handshake. The guy on the right, by the way, in the red tie, is just like looking. He's like, yeah, he's just did a handshake. Millions. So wait, wait for the. There's a pensive. He's in back in the airplane now, signing a document with his pen, and he does this look out the window, which to me is just like, man, he is either contemplating. Wait, wait for it. There oh, it is. No way. He's looking outside. He's like, guys. Oh my god. Guys, I just signed a contract. We gotta land this fucking Good. thing. I've got billions to it make. Was, it was, All right. So that's either Kevin. Pereira is pointless or pointless with, <laughs> with Kevin, Kevin Pereira. Ex- yeah, but, but uh, Kevin is, and there are other episodes that, like, uh, his first episode has to be my favorite. He's, I mean, it's, it's a new show yeah. on Death Squad. Yeah, uh, it's on Death Squad also TV, on Death Squad. also on iTunes, also on Stitcher. But um, Kevin is just getting started with that show. I'd almost rather hear a whole show with just Kevin talking because he, like Joe Rogan, is so much fun to listen to when he's high. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm yeah. sensing a theme. Uh, yes. Theme, theme about theme. highness and yes. enjoyment of listening to yes. people that are high and yeah. conspiracy oh. theories. Yeah. And <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Well, I do I do think, like, like look, I, I feel like, n- not to preach so much about legalization of marijuana, it's sort of semi-legalized in, in, yeah. in California for medical use. If you have the use. card, sure. If you've got the card. But, um, you know, we've heard about so many... I was asking a friend recently, how many times have we heard that story of someone who OD'd from marijuana? Oh, tragic. So oh, wait, many, never. How many tragic deaths <laughs> from people overdosing on marijuana? I just, I feel that like I've just known so many friends, and I'm someone that will on occasion do an edible. On occasion, but it has to be under controlled circumstance, meaning I'm not driving anywhere, I'm not going anywhere, um, I, I need to, I just, I'm very responsible about any sort of recreational anything use. Yeah. Uh, with with that kind of thing, uh, but uh, but I, every time I've ever seen someone who is responsible about using it, they they do it in a way that um, they're they're not putting anyone else in harm, including themselves. I always like uh, Rick Overton's line about pot smokers. Uh, he's been on the show before. He's a good friend of mine. He does a thing about uh, oh the pothead. Watch out, everybody! It's the pothead. He might get unmotivated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I say. It's like it's really. It, it, it is in terms of just like um, the the. I, I really think that alcohol is much worse for you. Oh, absolutely. Than than, than marijuana. You know, from what I have observed. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the the most negative aspect may be being unmotivated, but you know, I don't know. Now I've I mean, actually you know? never smoked pot. Just to let you know. I I have smoked it. I don't like I don't like to smoke physically smoke. Um, no one in my family ever smoked. We just don't. We're not. I don't yeah. come from a family of smokers. So even like cigarette smoke, I will be sick the next day. I will have nasal yeah, issues. Yeah, I'll smoke the occasional the cigar if I'm, you know, with friends or something. I can't but. do it. I, clove cigarettes is the worst that I do, <laughs> and even that will just make me sick. So That's I am. Funny. I don't come from a. I, I, smoking doesn't do it for me. But but um, but I'll do an edible, and it'll be like that was a great cupcake. <laughs> oh, I would love. To. You know what? Those cupcakes make this show so much funnier. <laughs> House is is the best comedy on television from a cupcake. That's funny. It is actually a pretty funny show. I loved House. <laughs> I, I just read that uh, he is going to be on a new show for NBC. Hugh Laurie? Hugh Laurie's on a new oh, show, wow. yeah, for NBC. I don't know anything about it. but uh, um, We were going to dip into our tweet sack, which is this show's excuse for a mail sack, because nobody ever sends any email or real right. mail. All we do is people mention us on Twitter. Well, um, let's do it. And we actually got a couple of uh, things sent in this week. Uh, one is from Jason, also known as the Angry Ginger, from the Seven Days a Geek podcast. Love that. Uh, he sent me a note that said, this was actually an email I got, so that was a surprise. It says, I've been in touch with some of you more regularly than others, so some of you may not know that I've been working on a comic book. 
this was a group email, as you can tell. Uh, I'm working on getting funding through Kickstarter, and so far it's kind of died down. I've got less than two weeks left to get this puppy funded, and I'm looking for some help. If you don't mind dropping this promo somewhere in your podcast for the next week or two to help me out, I'd really appreciate it. It's just over a minute long, and it's pretty cool. Most of you may recognize the voice of our very own Rambo getting ready to throw down with some crazy, hungry zombies. Let her know how badass he is at this. At least I think he is. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for all the retweets and shout-outs and stuff. Hope you have a chance to plug this on your show. All right, Jason, uh, we are going to plug... We're going to let you plug it on your show right now. Here you go. Seven Days a Geek, in association with the Pod Gods Network, presents... All right. It looks like we've got an ELE, an extinction-level event on our hands. At approximately 1,800 hours, our atmosphere was breached by a comet that sent signals off in D.C. like a winning slot lottery machine in Vegas. Our radars lost track of it, somewhere in the mountains of a small town called Pandora Falls. And our job is simple. Find this rock that fell from the heavens and see if it means to make peace with us. Or we blow the damn thing to kingdom come. Blue bloody hell am I looking at? Land this bird, soldier! We're under attack! If it moves, shoot it! To learn more about this exciting story, please visit www.kickstarter.com and search for Extinction Level Event. Or check out 7 Days a Geek on the Pod Gods Network on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. There you go, Jason. I hope that helps get some Kickstarter money your way. You know what? I don't think you should plug it. I Shoot. don't think you should plug but What's I, the URL? Uh, the URL? That's a good question. The URL for it? You know what? It, it What's was, the name of the project? It, the project is called, um, it's from the Seven Days of Geek podcast. Seven, Seven Days of Geek. Seven Days of Geek. I'm, I think that we should not do it. Okay, we're not. Seven Days of Geek. <laughs> do not Google Seven Days of Geek. A Geek. Seven Days of Seven Geek. Seven Days of Geek. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a that's a really yeah, clever. A pod, yeah. That's that second see, read thing. See, so now can they Seven Days a now, Geek? Now I will first of all, brilliant name. Seven Days a Geek. I will never forget Seven Days a Geek. There you go. That's really good. And don't Google Seven Days a Geek. Yeah, don't do it. I'm saying don't. Don't, don't do it. Saying don't. Don't do it don't, now. If you're at your don't computer, do it now. if you're at your computer or you have your mobile device, <laughs> you're listening to this. Seven Days a Geek. Don't remember Seven Days a Geek. Don't yeah. remember Seven yeah. Days a Geek. Don't even think about Seven Days a Geek. Yes. Not at all. Uh, and the other promo, which I didn't get a chance to send you in advance, is from my friend Charlie Miller. He has a, a podcast called uh, the uh, Random Variety Show Podcast, RVSP. Any relation to Larry? Uh, no, no relation. Uh, Charlie, you mean? Charlie, any no, relation to Larry? He is not. Uh, but he often has Groucho Marx as a guest on his show doing all of his interviews. You're kidding. No, which is very odd. But uh, here's a little promo for Charlie's show. This is Charlie Miller. And I'm Groucho Marx. And together we host the The Random Random Variety Variety Show Podcast. Podcast. Or as I like to say, the RVSP. That's clever, Charlie. Why, thank you, Groucho. Let's see how long that'll last. Well, as we were saying, we host the Random Variety Show. The only bi-weekly podcast that is random, has variety, and is a show. There you go again with being clever. 
Each episode of the Random Variety Show features an interview highlighting a colorful potpourri of diverse people. Ranging from actors, singers, bands, songwriters, filmmakers, photographers, comedians, performers, and yes, even other podcasters. But Groucho, there are a lot of interview-style podcasts out there. What's so special about our interview show? What's so special about our interview show? That's what I asked. Well, I knew I heard it somewhere. Now, what was the question? What is so special about our interview segment of the show? Well, since you put it that way, all the interviews are conducted by none other than little old me. You? That's unbelievable. Isn't it, though? So visit randomvarietyshow.com today to listen to past episodes and to find out what all the hubbub is about and why I'm on this podcast. We're also available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can listen every Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern at wq4dradio.com. And, of course, thepodgodsnetwork.com. But all this can be found at randomvarietyshow.com. And remember, there's no need to RSVP for the RVSP. Just subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or listen every Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific. There you go again with that cleverness thing. You really should have that look there. Say thanks for listening, Charlie. Thanks for listening, Charlie. So visit randomvarietyshow.com right now. And if anybody asks, tell them Groucho sent you. There you go, Charlie. I hope that helps out. Charlie, uh, one of the reasons I have a special place in my heart, my podcasting heart for Charlie is he started his podcast inspired by our podcast. Wow. So he's been doing it for over a year, and he's got listeners, and more power to him. Wow. Fantastic. Um, let's get back to uh, some clippage. This is one that I pulled out that I'd never heard of the show before. I loved the show because I'm a huge fan of English humor. Uh, this is from the show called uh, No Pressure to Be Funny. Uh, it is um, a topical comedy podcast. Uh, radio host James O'Brien hosts the thing, and it was created by two comedians, Nick Revel and Alastair Berry. They have a live audience. I think it's done the theater. At least it has that kind of ambiance to it. And uh, here's a great piece. It, it's not great in terms of huge laughs. It's done kind of in the style, to me, of if you're ever a fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It had that kind of dry Douglas Adams humor to it. But here's uh, Nick Revel talking about uh, the war in Afghanistan. Eleven years ago, uh, we went into Afghanistan to uh, destroy terrorist training bases. And, and I personally think we had every right to do so. And I can totally understand why NATO... Uh, targeted those bases and destroyed them. Uh, uh, and 11 years later, we're still there. The bases aren't, uh, but only because they've relocated to Yemen, Somalia, and just about every country in North Africa, apart from the ones where we send people to be tortured while we wage the war on terror, which has been renamed now for marketing purposes. Whatever, we're, whatever the new name is isn't as catchy because no one can remember it. Um, so it seems to me that the two choices we have to, are to invade everywhere that an Islamic terrorist pops up, uh, which means just about every country on the planet, or find a new way. I mean, to be fair, we have achieved some stuff while we've been in Afghanistan. We've overthrown Group A, a government of misogynistic, drug-dealing warlords, and replaced it with Group B, an elected government of warlord misogynists <laughs> who deal way more drugs, but also wear Western-style suits. 
Oh, and the meaning of the word elected in that last sentence has been redefined for marketing purposes. <laughs> and anytime soon, uh, if not at the moment, we will be negotiating with Group A to find a way of them to work with Group B in government. And meanwhile, our soldiers will be getting killed until the balance of power is restored to roughly what it was 11 years ago before they were sent there. Um, I don't know whether you know this, but the sharp end of the war is, is fought from these forward operating bases, which can only be supplied along really perilous mountain roads, which are controlled by warlords and the Taliban and the Haqqani network and so on. And ambush is very easy. So NATO have to pay the warlords and the Taliban so that the supplies can get through to the forward bases unmolested, so that NATO can then fight the same warlords they pay to let the supplies get through. And I think it's comforting to know that this war is being conducted according to the highest British principles of fair play. It's, it's not the winning that is important, it's the taking part that counts. No one in all of history has successfully invaded Afghanistan, and I think the people who planned that invasion should have known that. Or at least maybe uh, they might have read a newspaper at some point between 1980 and 1989. And if they had, they might have noticed that the USSR, a country which no longer exists, tried to invade Afghanistan. And that's one of the reasons that it no longer (laughs) exists. Because I think if you're going to invade a country, you should at least have enough knowledge about it to make a reasonable showing in a pub quiz. That seems to me only polite to the people directly involved. Now, don't get me wrong, I've no sympathy for people who shoot Muslim schoolgirls in the head for wanting to be schoolgirls, nor for people who don't utter a word of objection about that but do riot and kill over a crap film that slanders their imaginary friend. (laughs) (laughs) And I also wear a poppy, not to not to celebrate the killings, but to mourn the dead. But I won't be going to the Sun newspaper's annual Millies Awards this year, where soldiers get to stare fleetingly down the silicon-enhanced cleavage of a real-life soap opera sex goddess and have a drink with a famous footballer as compensation for having their arms blown off in the collective effort to increase Halliburton's stock value. (laughs) Categories at the Millies include Best Unit, Bravest Soldier and Most Photogenic Afghan Civilian Maimed in a Drone Attack. One of those categories I made up. (laughs) I support the troops in that I don't think they should be in in harm's way in Afghanistan, and yet in many people's eyes that's an insult to the dead, apparently, and the only way to show respect is to keep sending more to die. Like the other day, and this is true, I was doing a gig, and a guy in the audience says to me, You disgust me! Our lads are fighting and risking their lives for our freedom in Afghanistan, and you're just standing there saying whatever you want. (laughs) I, I never thought that political humor could be that funny. I mean, it's just, that was a great, I mean, that, that quote, yes. I mean, it's, it's so eminently quotable. Uh, that, I, I loved it. I love that you could also hear the audience reaction to Yeah, that, yeah. That that's... really gives credence to what he, what he was speaking about. Um, but I really found that great. It was really subtle, which is, I get in the, in the, the, tidal wave of podcasts currently out there. Subtlety is not a strong point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at exactly. All. Uh, so find more of No Pressure to be Funny at uh, comedy.co.uk slash podcast slash no underscore pressure underscore two underscore B underscore funny. Why do people do I would that? Say, you know what? Yeah, and why, iTunes. Go to Google, Google or go to iTunes. Right. No Pressure to be Funny. Find those guys really funny show. It was great to be able to get that little clip, but the whole thing was funny. Um, Let's go to um, a show that I'd never heard before I got your clip uh, called Throwing Shade. 
you unfamiliar have, with it? With you have not heard this show. Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi. Brian Safi. Brian Safi. Yeah, they're 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 improv comedians. Okay. And Aaron Gibson, I mean, she works for Funny or Die. Oh, okay. That's one of her. She's also like an actress. Comedian Brian Safi's also a comedian. What they do is the best way to describe it is it's kind of like improv. It's almost like an improv podcast in the sense that like they talk about news stories, but they're constantly. I think they might be lying about a lot of things, and they and they just have fun. And it's one of those crazy. I, think, I just like the phrase. I think they might be. I lying. think they might be lying. I think they might, <laughs> but it was like there was one of the episodes. This is not in the clip that we're you're about to hear. But in one of the episodes, they talk about uh, Brian Sophie says, "Well, you know, Star Wars Episode One was the best of all the movies." <laughs> and then they go off on that, and it's just neither of them shuts the other one down. They always they, they're constantly throwing yes out and. theories. But but it starts with a news story. It always okay. starts with some news story and then it goes off the rails and I love Aaron and I've never met Brian but I'm sure I would love him too. That's great. Here's a here's a, a taste of throwing shade. Brian, you know the movie Bad News Bears? Oh yes. Well, with um uh who is it? Tatum O'Neill yeah. and Chrissy McNichol and Well let's pretend that you're a bear and I have Ooh. bad news for you. Oh that's fun. Yeah. Like a bear like a like a gay bear that's like leather just, chaps. Yeah. Yeah yellow water sports piss play that kind of thing are you ready yeah exactly okay whatever you want yeah are you ready for the bad news bear i'm ready baby women aren't women anymore what everything what the fuck are they they're just these man-hating ball chopping off angry defensive career loving child hating walking vaginas oh god that sounds worse than ever Although it is like it is funny to picture a woman as just a walking vagina, isn't it? Do you know fun? what I mean? It's funny. Because it's all it's I like, see. You know, Alien yeah. Nation, the movie, the show, Alien Nation. It's the Nation? only show I've ever seen in my life. Well, that's what I see when I see women walking. I'm the I'm the guy who can only see the aliens, but instead of aliens, I see just walking vaginas. Yeah. Do you have that disease too? I do. It's I have hard. the yeah. I have the disease where I see dogs and uh, and all I see are you know the face of Laura Bush. Oh yeah, I but have that's that. just me. That's not. I don't have that problem. Yeah. So this woman, Suzanne Venkner. Oh, I thought you were going to say Suzanne Sugarbaker. Yeah, I know. And you know, I just want to clarify really quickly. This Suzanne Venkner is no relation to Peter Venkman. From Ghostbusters. She did this fun story on Fox News today, which I'm sure everyone's been talking about. It's called The War on Men. Well, there is a war on men. That is for sure. Well, don't not. I mean, Syria is different. Are you talking about Syria? Yeah. And the Gaza Strip. That no, is she's a re- talking about a culture war. Oh, I see. Not not doesn't involve guns. It involves hot people who hated Anna Karenina. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So anyway, this woman has written. First of all, she loves colorful necklaces. Let's make that very clear. Okay. okay. She loves colorful necklaces. She and- likes a funky funky chain. Mm-hmm. She was a teacher turned social commentator. Okay. She's written lots of books. Let me just tell you about what a little bit about her background. So she. This is her bio from the article. Just to give you some background before I get into it. Please do. So she's written extensively about politics, parenting, and the influence of feminism on American society. Her latest book, How to Choose a Husband and Make Peace with Marriage, will be published in February 2013. So fucking mark your calendars, motherfuckers. February 2013, How to Choose a Husband. That's the day before Valentine's Day. As if ladies get the choice in that. I mean, let's be honest. Like... Dudes sort of pick that one out. Well, not anymore. Girls will marry anyone. No, because guys, no. Here's the thing. She's the author of three books 
three whole books on American family and its intersection with pop culture. And she spent 13 years examining social agendas as they pertain to sex, parenting, and gender roles. And Brian, during this time, during this time, she has spoken with hundreds, maybe thousands. There's really too you many can't to count. count. Right. No of men and women. And here's what she came up with. Oh, boy. Here's what these people told her in confidence. These hundreds. She's met hundreds of people over the course of 13 years. Can you imagine? No, I can't. Can honestly. you imagine? Not at all. So she said that she's accidentally stumbled upon a subculture of men who have told her in no uncertain terms that they're never getting married. And when she says, why, boo-boo? Mm-hmm. Why you not get married? Right. The answer is always the same. Women aren't women anymore. Well, they're not. Which I, I can't think of a clearer statement for hundreds of men to make, according to this woman. Well, have you heard of um, have you heard of a transgender? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I think she's... So I think she means that mm-hmm. most women are actually becoming men now. She's saying women be acting different. Oh, that's I see. That's what she's saying. Yeah. So she's saying... Is that why I'm getting... I don't know. I feel like that's why lately I've been very, very attracted to Kathy Jimmy. Yes, that's probably due to that. Yeah. That, I mean, that and your your deep, deep, deep love for uh, all movies about nuns. Yes, and yeah. Veronica's Closet. Oh, you love Veronica's Ooh, Closet. Ooh, girl. They are very funny. Uh, like I said, I'd never heard of them before, but uh, definitely, I actually listened to that clip like three different times because I did find it very funny. Their, their interplay in chemistry, and that's, in some podcasts, that's almost all you've got going for you is if, if you work with more than one person, do you have that chemistry? Well, they definitely, they... Aaron and Brian definitely have that chemistry. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, Aaron being uh, just a, a, a proponent of, uh, you know, of, of women's rights in terms of just like stay out of my vagina, which is pretty much <laughs> it's it's depressing to me that women now have to say it's like just stay out of my vagina. Everything from Measure B to all these insane Republicans yeah. and their stances on rape, which just make no. F- sense whatsoever and Brian being very flamboyantly gay just the chemistry between the two of them is so amazing and just the fact that they're just willing to just go crazy places it's like being on a road trip with really fun people who uh, are smart enough to pack alcohol (laughs) and they do talk about I think that they record the show drinking wine it put me a little bit in the mind if if you ever heard any of the uh, those old recordings by um uh, Cook and Moore, Dudley, Co- Dudley Moore and Peter Cook. Oh, no. I, there's, there's two records, and you can probably find them in some shop somewhere. Records are before podcasts. Oh, yes. This is a long time ago. Uh, wow. But it was called, I'm going to forget in the pressure of the moment, what they, they, they had a name for their duo. It wasn't either of their real names. You could uh, actually, you know what? You Derek could... and Clive. Derek and Clive. Oh, wow. That was the name, Derek and Clive. And they got completely shit-faced and recorded two albums worth of, of material in one night in a recording studio in England when they were both very young men. Wow. And it's some of the fun... Uh, I mean, most of the references are going to be lost on people that aren't from Britain, but it is some of the funniest stuff you've ever heard. May, can, may I ask you a question? Yes. What was the very first podcast? What was the... If we're going to... If yeah. someone were doing a documentary or a book about podcasting, That's... what would be... This was the first podcast. I mean, there are many precursors. I mean, you know, radio was sure. effectively a of precursor course. to yeah, podcasts yeah. in terms of the medium. What was the first podcast? If someone was to say, hmm. if, if someone was... Well, people often credit... Um, uh, who was it that gets the credit for them? Only because he was the most popular, I think, was um, Ricky Gervais. 
You think so? Uh, I think he was 2005, maybe. That long ago? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there, there's a podcast that's been around for a while. We played a few clips called um, uh, Never... Never Not Funny? No, well, they've been around for a very right. long time. Yes. They may have been one of the... They weren't Jimmy the first. Pardo? Jimmy Pardo's may have Jimmy Pardo? Yeah, and he, yeah. Was, he was one of the first who started charging for his podcasts. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Um, I never paid for one, but I may consider it. Uh, I, listen to the, I listen to the little freebie thing, but nothing good ever happens in the 20-minute freebie they put out. It's yeah, always it, just about to happen, and then, yeah. then the, the lights go down. You know, or the, yeah, it's like the worst hand job. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Pardo's show is the worst hand yes. job ever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's a good question. Podcast listeners, what was the first what podcast? What was the first podcast? And then on a future show, you should answer yeah. that. I want to, I, please tweet that. I, I will, will retweet that. I'll let that know. I'll yeah. let that yeah. be known. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, by the way, you can find Throwing Shade at throwingshade.com. Yes. Uh, and also iTunes. Uh, Love I love that show. Yes. I don't know if they're on anything else, but you can find it Throwing Shade. Uh, next up are a couple of buddies of mine who started doing some podcasting. It's called Riff Arendum. Uh, they are two comics, uh, Stephen Pearl and Al Cleethan. They're both from San Francisco. They've both been doing comic stand-up for over 30 years. Wow. Uh, they're, they are legend here in San Francisco, and their legendary status tapers off very quickly as soon as you get outside the city limits. Uh, but they have had Robin Williams on their show. Uh, they've had a number of very well-known comics, because a lot of well-known comics started here and then moved outwards. Uh, anyway, they talked to a, another uh, Bay Area-based comic in this clip, uh, Jeff Applebaum. Very funny guy, works all around the country, but again, famous here, eh, elsewhere, people go, oh, that guy. <laughs> uh, so here's, uh, here's Stephen Al talking to, to Jeff. Everybody's an entertainer, and how do you distinguish yourself? And the key is, how do you be real, real to who you are? Or, you know, look at look, the Larry the Cable guy, Dan, what's his name? Dan Whitney. Whitney he was, Whitney. Great, he was a great, great accomplished comedian before he I've created seen, the character. I've seen footage of him, and he was, he was, he was good. good. He did the job. He was a pro. He, he and found a character, and boing, a lot more zeros in the check. something that was a product, and now everything is about a brand. A point of view is basically what and, which, which, which resonated so well with, with so many people in the U.S. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, all that, the, the, the blue collar, collar every man. Yeah, Jeff Foxworthy. Foxworthy, he's clean. Bill Engel. He works clean. You know, and you go, but you don't remember Jerry Dye. You remember those guys? Jerry Dye. Yeah, I remember the name. PYE? Uh, PYE, yeah. It was so. PYE, yeah. Uh, even Ollie Joe Prater was. Oh, yeah, he was like the first big, you know, like yeah. Jerry Plower, I guess, before him. Yeah. Uh, you know, Harry Dill, Yeah, well, he was more zany and he had the props yeah. and, and, and a very funny guy. The props was more, but, uh, I mean, that was just a Steve Martin and all that. Yeah, it wasn't much of a character yeah. thing, but guys yeah, like Ollie Joe Prater. And I uh, just had this his character, man. I a lot of people didn't like Ali because they said he stole a lot. But yeah, uh, if you work with him, but, yeah, they said uh, if Ali Joe uh, looks at you, that means he did one of your jokes. If he uh, <laughs> says hi to you, he did one of your bits. And if he shakes your hand, you just played Cleveland. But <laughs> but uh, the first time I ever met him, he, he just I said something real funny. These two drunk women are walking that down the street from the comedy store, just stumbling. Like, hey, look, the judge night out. And he cracks <laughs> up and he gives you this big vial of blow, like like uh, like a Watusi. Fist here, he goes like, "Don't be stingy." Like, I won't. Thanks. I always like the guy, so uh, he was he was wild. And I, 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 I knew. I just, I, I just remember. I just think this guy won't be here at the party welcoming in two thousand. Unfortunately, he wasn't. Yeah. But, but uh, no, if you can find a character and make that work, I think Dan Whitney was doing kind of the same stuff. But then he just did a Larry the Cable Guy character, bam, through the fucking roof, man. But then you guys got you look guys like Louis C, Louis C K. Uh -huh. I think in some ways, in my mind, he's 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 taking the spot of Carlin. 
Would you agree with that? Ooh, I don't know. I would, hard shoes to fill. I would yeah, say I more I like I, I, feel that, yeah. I would say more like Dangerfield is the guy who's been dumped on a lot. You know, like oh yeah. god, now yeah. this is gonna happen. Now this like the 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 likable well, loser. A, a voice. I mean, a strong, opinionated voice of a generation. Like he's he can easily oh, take see. that. You can easily take that. You got guys like Louis C. K., Louis 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 Black. Who again? Older comedians like 50s, 60s. I like, like when the older yeah. ones make it. I but love still, when the older yeah. Bernie Mac and, and him. All those guys are still going. So it, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can look at you can look at Letterman. You can look at the shows and you go, you know, they put are they putting? Is there a demographic in general? And the answer is absolutely. Okay, but is it is it a definite? Is it a definite? And the answer is no. There's always a way to, to make it work. And you to me, I get you get get to a point where you go, you know, I can't be that that young kid comic I just saw get on stage. It's adorable. That's not me. Anymore, <laughs> maybe a few years ago, ladies. But no. But this is who I am now, and you, I feel you, you, you know, people. I remember somebody said, "Oh, you had another kid. Your career's over. Your family go. What are you a moron? Grow the Jufro back. Go back. Go back." You know, I started. I was married with a kid when I started, and I had more in between. And but you bring that story in, and the audiences that I it's experience, experience, exactly. it makes you more, And the audiences I find, hey, most of the audiences that are over, you know, twenty, thirty, have kids. Have parents? You, know, you talk about, and I find the more stuff you talk about that's real or experiences, dumb stuff. I mean, like you said, life experience. I, I told them, I was driving here and I was stuck behind a, a couple of Prii. People go, and you go, well, more than one Prius, you idiot. You know, and I say, on the back of the Prius, a yeah, bumper sticker. Plural. <laughs> Prii. Well, what are you thinking? Oh, sounds about right. <laughs> back of the Prius. Back of the Prius. Bumper sticker, you know, save the planet, keep everything green, you know, and out the window a hand with a cigarette. You know? <laughs> I'm just studying this, and this is like the vegan with the leather Gucci purse. But it's a, uh, Be righteous, pick one path. Yeah, you know? that would... It's an American spirit cigarette. Ah, yes. Yes. So you can see why they call that referendum. Those guys just right. are just completely spitballing, and Stephen Pearl's the most hilarious guy in the world, because he, the only person I think I've met so far that talks faster than you. Really? Steve, you think Steve, I talk fast? Stephen Pearl could take you down. Uh, he yeah. could take you down. Yeah, I, I, I won't <laughs> claim to be the fastest talker. I do. I, I definitely when I get on. I, I feel like when I get on the show and I'm doing my little rap arounds, like yeah. we're doing right here. We're doing the raps for your show. Yeah. I feel my greatest fear is that I'm boring. Oh. I can't. So I feel like. So you just keep going. I keep talking fast. Yeah. I keep my, my my speed talking has to do with my fear of being boring. It's like I'm running. It's like I'm running away from that fear. See, I count on being boring, and everything else is just gravy. <laughs> right. So I can time myself and talk slowly. You have a great voice, though. You have a great radio. Well, six you years great, of radio. Me, podcast voice. Six years of radio. And, well, yeah. See, so it comes into play. Plus all the improv. And the improv helps. The improv helps. Yeah. It helps you keep going. Yeah. Um, I, I still remember when I was in radio at uh, KNVR, The Rock from the Ridge, in Paradise, California, by the way. A sales manager, I was the overnight guy, the midnight to six guy, and we were having a meeting. And there was only, we were a recorded radio station. We had to have tapes from Dallas from 10 a.m. until midnight. Then I came on and did six hours. The morning guy, who was also the program director, came on and did six to ten. And then it was all just canned voices from Dallas. And the sales manager was going, well, the, we, the station's really finding its sound. We got Brent in the morning, and he's great. And we got, you know, the great stuff from Dallas. And Mark sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Interesting yeah, is the worst descriptive word in the entire universe. Two things, interesting or cute. Inter yeah, cute almost, I think, is, is, uh, <laughs> is more of an insult. But interesting, I remember hearing this when I was... I was a kid that interesting is the worst descriptive word because it doesn't say whether you like yes. or dislike anything. 
it is a non-committal descriptive word. So never ever if you just, if you're being described as interesting, it is to me that's a negative. That's the last thing I'd ever want to be described as. Interesting. Never call me interesting. It's an insult. Interesting. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> ah, anyway, that's a referendum. That's at r i f f dash e r e n d u m dot com. Also on iTunes. Um, and you know what? That is, that's it for our clips. We have got one more thing to get to. Let's hear it. This show. This is uh, from our ambassador to the middle, Will Durst. Uh, I don't know. Do you know Will? Have you heard of Will? Mm, no. Uh, national, nationally known stand-up comic, again from San Francisco. And uh, he uh, provides us with our weekly, uh, or our, we don't, <laughs> I wish we were on every week, but I, I'm too damn busy to get this out every week. Right. So, so episodically, uh, his two-minute burst of durst. So here's Will talking about the, uh, the lame duck Congress as we get into the holidays. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with your congressional traffic update. And it's ugly out there, people. As expected, following the holiday recess, we're seeing a lot of bluster and bombast building up on the Beltway, and that has managed to slow progress on every budget deal ramp to a virtual crawl. Three or four 18-wheelers full of Election Day rancor have overturned, and as you might imagine, rubbernecking has resulted in hundreds of not-so-tender fender benders. It's gotten so bad that major media outlet trucks are stuck on the shoulder filming each other, filming each other. The pathway to prosperity remains hopelessly clogged due to a multitude of partisan pileups caused by a refusal to merge, not to mention the plethora of misread polls. Part of the problem has to do with the numerous turnarounds that have recently been closed, and reports continue to stream in that some crazy person named Grover Norquist has been spotted in the right-side ditch, flagging motorists off the road straight into various freeway abutments. Due to the slickness of the situation on the streets and some inexplicable glitch that has turned all the stoplights to red, further delays are expected to spread across the nation as we experience a massive impasse on all roads leading to the cutoff meant to avert the dreaded fiscal cliff. Outside of that, looks like we're back to normal with stalls and jams and near-total gridlock for the rest of the day and into the foreseeable future. With weather and traffic on the 8th, this is Will Durst reporting for Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts. Thank you, Will Durst. You can find him at willdurst.com. Also, he tweets regularly at at Will Durst on Twitter. I'm going to follow Will Durst. He's a very funny guy. Uh, we are going to lock up episode uh, 42 of Succotash, and I want to thank my special guest host for this show, that Chris Gore. Thank you, Mark. I, I, I really appreciate it. It's also an honor to be on episode 42. That's right. and I love that. It's also the Succotash Day honorary Succotash episode. Uh, wow. It's, well, you know, I knew yesterday was Succotash Eve. <laughs> you and could feel so it in the air, couldn't when, you? When I knew I was, I was going to be able to record this on actual Succotash Day... <laughs> I, 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 was, I was just, I was really just tickled. I again want to thank Jabs of the D-Head Factor in Canberra, Australia, for, uh, for bequeathing me with this day. Uh, and uh, it's amazing because there are a bunch of podcasters who are fans of this show, or at least listeners of this show, who've already been tweeting all day long, even though tomorrow is actually Succotash Day. So it's fantastic. And the, the whole theory behind... it's good to get your Succotash Day tweets, you know, Oh, you out want to early. get them in early. Exactly. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. You're, you're just buried. <laughs> right, anyway. right. Um, anyway, so again, Chris, thanks so much for your time and for being on the show. No, well, thank uh, you. You know what? This was not interesting. This was oh, beyond interesting. Fantastic. This was fun as hell. Oh, and it was good. also just thank like you. hanging out with someone 
um, who, you know, you have just this rich history in comedy and improv, someone I feel like I've learned from in doing podcasting. And well, you, you've introduced me, you've introduced me to all these shows that I was completely unaware of. I appreciate that you allow me to to uh, play some clips on your oh, show again, from I, favorite podcasts. Again, I'm familiar with some of those, and, and my listeners certainly appreciate everything we bring them, so that's fantastic. Cool. And we're going we're going to the Stitcher Awards together. We're You're dating. my date. We're dating, so tell tell your friends. Chris and I are dating. Yeah, uh, look that's to very it. interesting. Yes. <laughs> that's very interesting. <laughs> and we'll see if we can't capture some of that action live that I'll uh, pop into the next episode. So thanks again for, uh, for being on the show. Thanks a lot. Uh, until next time, please remember to pass the succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. <laughs>